Broadcasting Network. Okay, welcome podcasters. This is our part of our beginning where we have our little jazz show, uh, uh, jazz history, as we get back to the third episode of uh, What Is This Thing Called Love? Now, two that I'd like to do today, particularly this one is by um, Elliot, not Elliot, but Earl Gardner was a wonderful jazz pianist. Um, he wrote this kind of nice ballad, and it'll be the introduction also of, of using organ for the first time. We've never used an organ. Okay, Misty. One, two, three, four, one, two. <laughs> Welcome to Life Lessons with Jim Carolla and Ray Oldhofer.
Okay, welcome podcasters, and we're in, I think, our third uh, series of um, what is this thing called love, using um, Cole Porter's um, song. I'm going to use a couple of his lyrics along the way because he just depicted it so well. So we're trying to understand this, as best we can, a very difficult force that's wonderful and greatly pleasurable, and but it brings a um, a tornado of forces with it. It's not just the two people. There's backgrounds of the people and ancestral stuff. So English, even calling it even calling it a force is um, that that makes my stomach hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the force of love. The force of ah. <laughs> And there's many dimensions. And um, so we'll call this, maybe this first section, the dimensions of love. So at two, the first place, it's said very well in English. It's, it says, we fall in love. It's like a picture just walking down the street together and somehow there's a opening and we just fall into love. Um, there's like this feeling of loss of control. We just kind of fall in the... You know, I had an experience lately of, of uh, kind of backing into a well that was ground level, but I fell into it. And I remember the feeling of actually toppling back over and falling into this, uh, you know, just very, just a few feet deep well. And I remember that loss of control... And at the beginning, love is something like that. There's that falling into love. Um, so now we find ourselves with the wonderful beginning passion of love. Um, and whatever we've been feeling, we've expansive experience begins. Um, it's a high, the very beginning of it. Well, the first, very beginning recognition is a... Um, um, very almost like drug related. It's so strong. Everything's um, acceptable. Yeah. yeah. And a great ideal begins to occur. But remember, we're kind of sitting in that well. Think of myself sitting there. Um, uh, she smokes and drinks, but she's the greatest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, she does porno on the side, but I love her. Uh huh. <laughs> Yeah, well, anyways, as we sit there, um, um, we're really at the beginning of, of not, we don't know each other yet. Um, and um, and uh, the dimension, this first, this first dimension, I'm called the passionate dimension of love, it um, hides a lot of, of who we are yet. Though it feels like we know one another. But the knowing of, that we have is a knowing of the great attraction to one another. Um, that force, remember, love is a force. It has a lot of auxiliary forces in it. Um, so as we sit there, we, we feel the great feeling of the pleasure of it and the sexuality of it and so on. But as time goes on, we go into what I call an intermediate love. This is a love that where our faults begin to come out more. Um, our own self-involvement, which we didn't show that much at the beginning, was all to be with the welfare of the other. But 
the self-involvement starts to come out too. Um, this is what I've called more frequently, it's like a non-vulnerable half-love. Um, we're not vulnerable yet. The first part didn't make us vulnerable. It made us um, uh, like under the spell of love. Um, and, and we think we know about love. We think we can play with love. But love is more than what we think it is. Love ends up playing with us in the end. Um, but right now, in part one, it looks like we can begin to be the one that, that directs love. So beginning intermediate love, one kind of wants to know what the relationship can do. Can it bring in happiness? It has, in other words, the needs become of happiness uh, come out of that part. Yeah, does it have any legs? Does it have a backbone? Yeah, that's a good way to say it. Is there any, is there, are we standing on firm ground yet? As, as Ray says, do we have, does, it have a, does the relationship have any legs yet? Um, so passionate love doesn't particularly invite, it's not that place where it's inviting legs. But intermediate love, when we're together and we're facing some of our, our attitudes and our, um, our opinions, our things that weren't seen, or meeting the families, we're seeing, or getting a good look into the family world and the friend world, and we're beginning to notice things. Um, and there's then some... Um, some, in fact, at the intermediate level, it's really more real than it is at the passionate level. But it, we usually don't think of it that way. So, Well, it's definitely a, a deeper truth. You know, it's definitely a, a more f- fact-based. I mean, especially because it's such a mirror and you really get to see yourself. Yeah, yeah. So in, in, in a way, intermediate love is more real. So as we're into immediate love. Now, there's all kinds of talk about it. Psychiatrists talk about it. Psychotherapists talk about it. The movies talk about it. Novels are written about it. Every television series has to do with some kind of falling in love with it. But no matter what we say about it, we don't really portray it. No matter how many takes we have on it, it's, it's love. We still haven't caught the handle on it. Even when the even when the experts tell us all about it, um, because at an intermediate level, um, we're beginning to see more of the unconscious and the shadows of the other person, and the family. As we meet the family, we begin to see, as Ray was saying the other day when he met the father of uh, a friend of his, he began to see the the, the traits. And that's what happens in couples as we meet different people, we meet our cousins, we meet siblings. And as Ray pointed out that time, he saw something that was... Well, it was really strange meeting his father and then knowing him for upwards of 20 years, never meeting his parents because, you know, they're in England and never really crossing their paths. And then to really spend time with his parents and then see his his stuff directly associated with his father and you just shake your head and go like wow now no wonder you got Mm -hmm. this you know no wonder there's a part of you that's untouchable because look what look what you got look Mm -hmm. where you got it from you know and then it makes you look at yourself too 
in your behavior or what you have, and I definitely see direct. I mean, you have to do the work on yourself to see it too, because I definitely see my mom and dad, you know, in me. Mm-hmm. You know, and it really, it really kind of wakes you up. It, it makes you see stuff a lot differently. Yeah, yeah. So this whole level I'm going to intermediate level, we're exposed to a lot of things at this level. Um, even and, and when they we're going to each other's friends or lack of friends, or, or am I a loner? And there's almost nobody to meet on my side because I don't really have any friends or very few. And that says something in the relationship very early. Or if it's natural and we do have other friends uh, and we meet for the first time, that's a very important time too. To see how do I relate to my friends? How Maybe I become like a different character or something. Um, there's all these things that are beginning to be seen. I, I got that. I got that like social butterfly guy going, you know, that oh. I, I have. Mm-hmm. I've definitely seen out, especially with, you know, significant other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I see, you know, and it was brought to me by her, you know, my attention was brought to it. And I was like, I got to think about this one. Mm-hmm. You know, the, hey, you got to say, hey, hey, you know, what's going on? That all that fucking yeah. bullshit. I'm really good at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Unfortunately, we all are. Um, uh-uh. not, not, some are. <laughs> okay. Okay. So now uh, we can be. Things are getting, but we're also beginning to feel a force that we haven't felt before, which is the the tormented body of the other, the tormented psyche, or the or the pain body of this. Called many different things, but. Particularly in early development, as things were uh, were happening and there was no language, layers of things began to get deposited in us, how we were treated, if we felt any comfort in our little infant body. Um, um, Did we feel comfortable enough to trust ourselves, kind of to relax into our little childhood body or not? But at that time, there usually is problems. Um, There's sometimes counterfeit kind of uh, exchanges going on in the family so the baby can pick up some of that stuff. And that stuff just lays there, but there's no language for it. And later on, there's an attempt to get the language for it. But mostly where we get the beginning, we have the defense for it. So there's defense and control very um, at the beginning as we sit at the bottom of that well that we fell, fell into, and we look up, and we see some daylight up there, but we're beginning to get some negative feelings, and some of the beginning arguments and so forth can begin then. But if by the, the, by the way, know, Jim, those arguments have a life of their own. I mean, those arguments are huge in oneself that you might not even see or recognize. You know, they, they could take a, a lifetime. You know, they have their own narration. They have their own... But you're never getting to the middle. You're never getting to the to the essence of it. You're always peripheral with that argument. It's like you're carrying that argument around, and you're using it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're using it on your significant other. You're using it in your life, and a lot of times not even conscious of it. Yeah. So the arguments, just kind of Ray's pointing out, uh, they have a lot of defense in it. 
So, and we want to be right. And it's at a very egoic time. It's a time of also trying to bolster our ego uh, when the spell of love isn't just blinding us totally. We, two egos come together. And there's a part of it has to do with being right is also uh, in there. So, we have this pain body, this tormented psyche, meaning those layers of things that have piled up and we didn't really know them. They're more in the unconscious. Um, Young called the shadow. And we have like rogue selves all built up. Uh, sometimes many rogue selves. And they're circling around. They're looking for expression uh, coming from this uh, pain body. So we look up now, we realize, now if they do realize, this is an important time. They may be married at this time, um, even may have a family, but they need help. Now here's an important, uh, important um, crossroads. Do they both agree that they're going to need some outside professional help at this time? And this is the beginning of therapy. If it really works, uh, works right, now a lot of times couples keep... Uh, patching it over and they keep going sometimes even have another child or move or change jobs they're jockeying for uh, an avoidance um, and they delay it and so it gets worse or you can have eight kids uh, yeah you know, I can have eight kids um, I know those people you know them yeah we've all seen a few of them we know that in ourselves too so finally if if they finally give in to, and that's usually the woman that usually, in my experience as a therapist, she's the first one to come. And she will we'll say something like, I'll try to get my husband to come. And usually <laughs> not the other way around. It's usually the female who's more in touch with this. But if they do, then they can begin a journey. It's kind of coming up the, sli- the sides of the, of the well but it's slippery and it's hard and there's things passing by and there's money problems and could we afford it? If they can hang in, if the love could sustain during the climb of the therapy, um, then they can begin to see it and the therapist can help them see what the layers are and begin to, beginning to work on this uh, um, tormented part of ourselves, this, um, this shadow, this um, pain body. How many, how many, do you, have you witnessed, like, you must have witnessed hundreds of arguments in your office, haven't you? Yeah, I've, yeah, I've seen quite a few, to begin with discussions, I've seen heated discussions that went into arguments, and I've, people have stormed out, and one or the other has stormed out. Like um, a lot of FUs and a lot of you dirty whatevers? Well, I try to, see if I can put enough of a foundation on there so they don't get to that level. Have you ever had a, have you ever had to stand up and hold your hands out and say, wait a minute, have you ever had to do that? Well, I've, I've said, wait a minute, let's, we, we're not going anywhere with this. We need to see if we can get some composure. And sometimes it's a good outlet and they let it out, but eventually get to the point. They're not going to come to a, a great reality with their great anger. Um, so it has to eventually... So, uh, uh, come down. Has anybody ever hit somebody else? No, no, no. Damn. Not in the office, I really would. 
you and uh, watch. Ed. Yeah, I would really wait. I wouldn't let it get to that point. It would be better for them to be separated or leave if they're going to get to a point of uh, of that. Have you ever seen something where where you look at both of them and go, "Listen, forget it." <laughs> Does that ever happen? No, I have. It's not my. It's, it's not, not your my call. Call to say whether they should forget it or not. Uh, that's something they'll need to come to. So, um, this can go different ways at this intermediate level. But we can begin to work on this itch. Remember, these itches that come in us from this pain body, from this uh, enraged uh, emotions or tormented psyche. Um, you know, then it's a matter of, of, of different levels. Some are real strong. In fact, some relations are based on the pain body. That's why they're together. And they, they didn't realize it, but that uh, reciprocity or that reciprocalness. Um, and they begin to, and they discover that in the therapy, that that's why we're together. I wanted to be dominated, and I found somebody who would dominate me. And, uh, I Drugs to, is another big one. Yeah. Like found each other, getting high kind of crap. Yeah, and they even try to use that in the relationship to keep it at a certain level. Alcohol, like bar, the bar thing, that's another big one. Yeah, so I try to also at this time um, um, refer them to uh, either to a psychiatrist for uh, medication, for drug counseling, and for the different kinds of counseling, refer them to different people. Uh, so I also at that time become a referring point to get them the help they need. Uh, Jim, may I ask a question? Yeah. Uh, do you feel like the pain body that you're talking about is a necessary part of the love experience? Like, do you need to have that sort of shadow negative to make you appreciate the better part? Or is that something that kind of only happens in more dysfunctional relationships? Well, there's, there's, there's levels of this. Almost, I mean, the, the pain body is almost, um, what am I going to call that? Uh, the collective. It's like what I said about addiction, that uh, that society itself is an active addict. In other words, if you're born into this world, you got it. you've got it. The television and drugs and so on. You know, there's almost no escape from it. Even if you're a teetotal, you don't drink, you don't smoke, you don't do anything, and you came from family. You know, there's very few that I, th- well, I'm speaking out of school here. There's very few that escape that. Everybody's carrying around some of it, you know. Nobody, uh, nobody's unscathed except right. for Jesus. Yeah, except they, for Jesus, yeah. They do. Um, <laughs> no, there's different levels of our pain. There's different different levels of what repression is. Uh, some have it less than, but when it's real strong, and I said sometimes they think it's also love. That's why they come together because they feel there's something in the other person that's. Uh, that's uh, almost complementary to their own pain. Yeah, um, they relate through the pain body. Yeah. And they're not conscious of it. Right. Excuse hey, and, and with that, uh, Jim, you know, that was uh, Matt that was speaking just now, who's our engineer for the day. I don't know. I think many of you have heard of him. He works here a lot, and he's sitting in today. And also, and thanks for that question, Matt. That was really good. And um, you know what? Let's hear something from Amazon. They do us right. Hey everybody, if you shop at Amazon.com, like I don't, but you probably do, 
You know how convenient it is, and you know what great deals you get always. If you want to support the show, and I hope you do, every time you shop at Amazon, use the Amazon link on our site to get there. You support us with every purchase. You can even bookmark it, and we really appreciate it. Unbeatable convenience, amazing prices, great shipping rates. I love Amazon.com just because they support us, and I hope you do too. So please do. Thanks, Amazon. Okay, well, okay, we got our commercial in. Um, and I, okay, see how we're doing time-wise. So we're at a very important time. We have the couple sitting kind of in the, in the well. The passion period is um, can't solve every problem, though it could be still very active. Sometimes couples, that's the one thing they have going, no matter, in other words, they could make up and go back to a strong sexual life um, that keeps them going longer. But it's not, it's still not getting to what we're calling this, um, this itch or this pain body, this um, inflamed psyche, all, all these different names given to this, this itch that wants to be scratched. It may have to go to addiction to get scratched. It may have to be by drug or, or you know, some habit. Um, but if, they, if they're able to, enough that they both begin to see that, and then they have the, the different helps they need in therapy and, and, and referrals, referring to special groups. Um, and then things usually are better. They can see things clear. It doesn't mean that they stay together even, but they see it clearly and it's more friendly. And many times they uh, fall in love for the first time. But it's, it's not just a passionate love. Um, it's a love where there's a, a respect for the other. And that, and that becomes... So this force inside, this, this itch, this shadow, this pain body, is semi-autonomous. It's an energy form. Once it gets in, it's like a virus. In other words, it just does what it does. It lives within the human, then. Um, it has it's like its having own, a parasite. Yeah, almost like having a parasite. And animals also have parasites inside them, and have their and they act differently with the parasite inside them. Um, and a parasite has its own progeny inside it, has has its family world, that, whether it's bacteria, or, and it begins a life. Yeah, the parasite has its own agenda that the host isn't aware of. Yeah. Uh, and then now we're trying to get aware, and that's kind of what we're going through at this intermediate level. Hey, can you tell the story about the um, ant? The ant? The ant. Yeah. Well, um, refresh my memory. The parasite? You know what they and do? That gets in? Yeah, yeah, the parasite that gets into the ant and what they do. You know that story? I, the crab? The, or the ant, the one that crawls up. Nah, man, I'm going to give it away <laughs> if I tell it. The one that crawls up the blade of grass and then just because it always wants to go up because oh, the yeah. parasites. You're the one who told the story before. Okay. Ray, I'm thinking uh, maybe you should tell the story. You seem yeah. to know it's me. already over. <laughs> <laughs> you were saying that the, the bacteria gets in this ant or this virus gets in an ant and then he gets he won't go back to the colony because he kind of knows it or something along that line. And then he goes out and he tries to keep going up and up and up and he tries, you know, going up blades uh-huh. of grass and then he just freezes up there, and then the parasite hatches. 
Oh, my, well, that sounds... That I think, sound you know familiar. what, I might have got that on Animal <laughs> Planet. Yeah, I was going to say, that sounds like uh, an episode of Planet wait, Earth. Forget, you know what, Jim, forget it, I'm sorry. That's Maybe okay. it's the crab. Okay. Yeah, well, we, there are, once, I'll use the ex, uh, example of a crab. Uh, there's a species of scra- crab that get a, gets a foreign matter in it, and um, it begins to really act different, and, um, and, uh, and eventually this... Uh, Foreign matter takes over almost the whole behavioral apparatus of the of the um, of the crab. Yeah, so it happens a lot in nature, and for us, it's more kind of in the psyche, um, in our brain system. We have a third brain, so it's, and we have we have something we can think about it and we can see it, but we feel it as an itch um, that needs to be scratched, and um, and we're we're willing to do anything to get some resolution with it. So it's an energy form, semi-autonomous. It's on its own. It lives within us. It has its own primitive intelligence. Um, not, it has like a, not unlike a cunning of a little animal that would be inside us. Um, By the yeah. way, it's got a lot of energy, too. I mean, it, it, can, it can dominate your energy. Yeah. I mean, I think it did that in most of my adolescence and youth it was that type of energy you know my obnoxiousness my you know how it would go at people I mean I never felt them I never had a real exchange it was all you know egoic and fear based it wasn't really trying to really I mean yeah I had my friend base that that knew different but when it came to the world at large, you know, I was more or less interpreted as a, a madman. Mm. You know, and then that, and unfortunately, that will stick with you. You know, it goes, the stories and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, you meet new people and they've already heard of whatever. And then you get more or less pigeonholed into things, which is kind of scary. Mm. Yeah. You know, when you think about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I see our time is quickly going by, so maybe we're going to need a <laughs> Anyway, podcast on Let us know if you, if you want to go on in this line. And we, I can do another uh, episode on it. You're going to do another nine episodes on this. <laughs> Are you kidding? There's, yeah. This is yeah. a chasm of material. Right. Um, so, this, um, so we're, we're, can we're I ask carrying a question, this. Jim? Yeah, sure. Hey, Matt, is th- does this interest you? Yeah, absolutely. Love? Yeah. It's all around us. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think it's something that I certainly experience on a daily basis. Maybe not necessarily deep love, but, you know, you walk around, you see people, you long for a connection with somebody. So I think it's very interesting to kind of learn the psychology behind, you know, what's really driving your actions. But anything said today, did that like resonate in you besides from your, you know, your lower region? You know, because that's what you're that age, you know, you're, sure. you're the lower e- region age. And, you know, did anything resonate in you that, well, you know, think, hey, that made sense that. Yeah. I mean, I think what you were saying, how love, it can be so powerful that it actually dominates all of your energy. And you were describing earlier how, you know, you're become like a, a social butterfly and suddenly you're with somebody, you're introducing them to all of your friends and you just get this rush. Yeah, you're playing energy. a different character that you're that's not even close to you. Exactly. Yeah, you're just putting on putting on a show. Yeah, airs. And you're not even conscious of it, you know. Yeah. Exactly. I mean and then 
So, Jim, you're hitting every generation here. I mean, Matt and I are definitely from a different generation, and you and I, although very close in age, not really. <laughs> so that, yeah. I think every – and you heard his explanation, you know, so yeah. I think everybody – yeah, this is definitely something that everybody's interested in. Regardless yeah. of where you might be at. Okay, yeah, that I'm. I'm, well, I'm glad, Matt. You could be part of us, and uh, as we go along and see how things hit you, and and there's a lot of examples, but I realize we're getting down. But let me. So let me just. Well, we'll probably continue with this um, idea of the shadow, the pain body, the name of um, the the tormented psyche, and. Things, things that we're carrying inside ourselves that, that just, um, unless they could have some exposure, uh, they just lay there and they work and they become part of what I call the rogue selves, the rogue eyes in ourselves that just um, live in us and we can't get control of them. And they really come out in relationship. So this is where a couple really has to do, this is what I call the work of love. Work of love is the most, the passion part of love is wonderful. The work of love is even more important and and also hold on to the passion. That needs to go for the rest of the life of the relationship. But um, uh, this other part, the work of love and the respect for the other person's work is also an, an important part of love. When you see the other person getting on their feet or getting some help for themselves or seeing a therapist or going to school or something, um, you have a sense that you really respect that they're trying to move in that direction and understand. Um, Jim, you know, do, you, do you, you know, I mean, what you said right there in those eight sentences or whatever, if people, if, if, Couples at large could just do that. I think you you know. And what's the divorce rate like in Los Angeles? Sixty six, you know, sixty percent. I mean, that would you cut down tremendously right there, just with that. I mean, but that's also a lot of work. Yeah, we never, you know, we we never know about the longevity of a, of a love or how long it will last. Even in couples that are quite compatible and raise families and. There's all different times and periods of getting older, and um, and we never know. Uh, sometimes couples in older age, they after they raise their family and get all that done, will separate. Um, so nobody knows. I said when I said earlier, the psychiatrists and the psychotherapists and the movies and the novel writers, we don't know. This is a force that takes care of that gets us in its um, grips uh, in a positive way too and sometimes lets us go and we sometimes I, just I, I always find it really fascinating when you meet a, a geriatric couple that's um, getting divorced you know like in their 80s yep we're done mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's something hey it's never too late to play the field Ray that's what I'm talking about so Jim <laughs> <laughs> right, but you know, and also, um, the geriatrics, uh, I'm just a the word, is happening in these homes, <clears throat> retirement, people falling in love. My brother Ralph, 
uh, finally ended up in a home in his early 80s and um, was about 82, I think. And um, and he had a girl. He had a girlfriend. She was 85, I think. And they really had a. It was the end. It was coming to the end of his life. He didn't know it. He died shortly afterwards. But um, and I went and I met her and we went out together. They were like a young couple. So you never know about love. Uh, either you can get started at that age, you can end at that age, you could go different roads, different directions. But while it's there, if we could really grow as people and have a real respect and learn a, a certain kind of love to do with love of getting to a higher consciousness, whatever that, whatever that takes, we have no control when that might end or sometime even begin. Uh, but if we could be authentic. In other words, one of the first calls of love is for the people to be real human beings. To be real people. That's the first level of work. Okay. All right, it's time to go and let us know. Let's hear from you if you like more of this. There's a lot more to go to talk about love. Hey Jim, are you gonna are you gonna um, sing? Are you gonna are you gonna do scat love? <laughs> you have to do scat. You have to is do there, scat love today. Number four, make the quarter note feel good. One, two, a one, two, three. Okay, podcasters, we're into our going off theme, which is um, kind of a blues. It's good blues, good rhythm section. Make the quarter notes feel good. <laughs> Uh, blues now, love. Blues love, yeah. Um, so we, we're coming to the end today, and we really got into uh, the passion love. We got into intermediate love. We got into the pain body and uh, the help needed by psychotherapy and so on. So we covered some of those spots, but we just covered the headlines of them. All right, now we're getting ready for our scat love. Woo! Ba-ba-doo-ba-doo's love is something else. Yeah, everybody talks about it, stories read about it, movies made about it, songs written about it, but oh, nobody can catch the real tale of love. Catch that tale, boy! Oh, yeah. Oh, when we meet each other, we kind of fall in that hole. Remember, fall in love. Yeah, we fall in love. You're the best. Yeah, but we have to eventually mm, see what love and real people are. Ray, I think take I hate it. myself. Go, Ray. You st- uh, no, I was speaking over you, Jim. We had a good thing going. <laughs> Ba ba do be ba ba do Sixty four Love is the greatest possibility we humans could ever, ever get into. Yeah. It's more than the mind, it's more than the body, it's, it's a level of all its own. And it's got its own, and it, it has its spell on us when it gets into us. Woo! Love, love, love. Give me more love. Yeah, you heard him. Go, go, Ray. Yeah, you're hot. 
I need my love. Where's my love gone? Whoa, yeah. That's all I got, Jim. Where the hell are the 64 notes? Yeah! Bye, podcast. We'll see you next week. Reach the show on Twitter at LLWJC or email us at Jim Carolla at AdamCarolla.com.
listening to the Ace Broadcasting Network.